Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Sultan, Tony Dosen. Welcome to Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM at www.triplehfm.com.au Oh jeez, that's another one out of the you-know-where. Got to watch these Splinters sometimes. And of course, via podcast at podcasts.com and a very special for one night only at steelsports.com.au My name is Tony Dosen the Sultan. Great to have your company. It's hard to believe we are just weeks away from kickoff of the rugby league season. Not just the NRL, but the other other competitions that feed into the NRL. If you listen to us on the podcasts.com and Triple H, we're going to be covering all three major New South Wales rugby league feeder competitions over the next three weeks. Starting tonight, we look at the Intrust Super Premiership, which kicks off on March the 15th. Joining me, we well, we bring out the heavy artillery. We don't muck around here. We bring in men that know the competitions inside out and backwards. Firstly, it's great to have this man finally, I've been trying to get him on for a number of years now, but he's finally succumbed to the pressure. He is the proprietor, owner, and Svengali of Rugby League's only independent publication in Australia these days, with the demise of Rugby League Week. This is the only place you can hear the real story of Rugby League from Bradford to Brisbane, from Cardiff to Carcassonne, and from Rochdale to Rockdale, and everywhere in between, every couple of months, Rugby League Review is the magazine to catch up with all the information right across Rugby League. And the owner, the editor, Terry Liberopoulos, the Golden Greek, is with me pulling the splinters out of the you-know-where tonight. Good evening, Terry. Good evening, Tony. Thanks for those kind words. I can't really add to that. If you want to say it again, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. We might say it again later in the program. Also joining me, well, this man hasn't been heard on Triple H for six and a half years, but in that time, he has become the owner, proprietor, Stengali, driving force behind steelsports.com.au what a great job they've done in that time as the voice of the Intrust Super Premiership alongside others including us at Triple H. It's great to have him back on the House of H for one night only. His Lordship of the Papal Lands, Albie Tallarico good evening to you. Tony, thank you so much and it's great to be in the presence of the, of the great man of Terry and of course Tony and I'm the only one with no T in my name or the last <laughs> name so it's Terry, Tony and Tallarico tonight and it's basically three wogs and a microphone. Indeed, absolutely. Let's get to straight down to business because we're only a few weeks away from this Intrust Super Premiership competition kickoff. Arguably now, this is the premier rugby league competition in the world or one of them outside of the NRL and possibly the Super League. It feeds directly into the National Rugby League and it's enjoyed a renaissance in recent years, not out of reach of the possibility of some of the coverage that's been given to the competition by people like us. Gentlemen, a quick question. Where do you see the ISP going in 2019? Going on its forward progression from where it's been in recent years? Yeah, I, I certainly do. Going back five, six years ago, I thought it was 
slowing down. But the last couple of years, it's really picked up. The coverage from the television coverage, from the radio, from you guys, it's really, you know, the clubs are really taking, uh, have gone out and said, this is an important competition. We need to put players in there. We need to use this. Like, feel good start of this, you know, saying that, you know, you cause a reserve growth, but it isn't. It's, it's, you know, you've got teams like Newtown and when we're and all these other clubs, North Sydney, though, is so important. And it is, it, I would say, like you said, it is the third probably biggest rugby league competition in the world. Albie, what about yourself? As a director, forgot to mention, you are director of the Newtown Jets and you have been for a couple of years now. Yes. You've been at the renaissance, the forefront of getting this intra-super premiership New South Wales Cup to where we all would like to think it should be. Some would like to see it back on NRL game day, but Newtown have been the one club or few of them that have cared about the competition and have made an event out of home games in recent years. That must be something you're looking forward to build on again this year. Oh, well, it's fantastic. We actually pick up an extra game this year. We lost a game last year because of an NRL game day, but that's okay. In answer to the question, it I thought last year was a penultimate year for the Intrust Super Premiership. And I think, as Terry said as well, and he alluded to about the television coverage, the fact that it was on free-to-air was, was another thing that took it to another step forward. You know, I, from a media point of view and what we put in, it probably took a little bit away for our audience. But from a big scope, it took it to brand new audiences. The fact that it was online on Channel 9 as well was another great thing. People engaged with us more last year than they did the year before. And I know that sounds crazy, but we had more more listeners last year and less engagement. But And it, so it was a bit paradoxical over the last yeah. two years. Yeah. However, saying that, you mentioned Newtown, let's not forget Norths and Wests. And now even Canterbury do a little bit on, at Belmore Sports Ground as well. These four sides, uh, and next year, of course, Wenty is out. And then it becomes back to Parramatta. Now, Parramatta will play some games at uh, the Western Weekend Stadium or whatever it's called. And But they're not going to have, they're not going to be allowed to have three games. So they're going to have to make a decision. They're going to have to alternate. Yeah. So which means that all of a sudden now you've got this extra NRL side with this branding behind them. Mm. And people love their rugby league in the Western Suburbs. Oh, yeah. They love it. So all of a sudden then that Parramatta-Newtown clash becomes, well, it's almost another anniversary. That, that, that match against Manly. Oh, yeah. That match against Canterbury. And, and if they can build it right by getting the past players to come, which is what Newtown, North, I think North do it great. Yep. Western Suburbs do it the best. Three games, that, oh, two games at Lickham this year, and they've got a special announcement. But they're the, they're the things that people are reacting to. Why they come to Henson? Well, it's 10 bucks to get in, and the family can come, two adults for $20, kids under 16, nothing. Nothing is over $7. Well, they've made a real connection with that nouveau inner city, Marrickfield, Newtown, Enmore, that whole community to get to Henson Park and make home games and event at Henson Park. Let's have a look at the 12 sides that will be going around. We, of course, let's not forget, South Sydney come back mm-hmm. in their own right this year and they'll be playing home games at historic Redfern Oval. First time in 32 years that Senior Rugby League is back at Redfern Oval. On a continuing basis. On a continuing yeah, basis. Absolutely. Uh, the last time they played of course South, they were beaten by Canberra in their last home game in 1987 uh, on the way to both sides making that final series. You did say 32 years. I don't want to correct you, but they played a few games in 1996. They returned that about three yeah, games. Yeah, they did three games I there. Did, I, did, I did cover those. Oh, so yes, that's correct. Right. Uh, so, but I'm talking uh, on a regular basis. Yeah. They were just... I don't just, want the yeah. uh, listeners ringing in and saying... Oh, fair enough, but just yeah, on a regular that's, basis. That's Let's correct. have a look at the defending premiers briefly. The defending national second division champions. They did win that uh, second division championship against the Queensland Cup premiers last NRL grand final day. Canterbury, Bankstown, Bulldogs, defend their title out of Bill. 
big year for Steve Georgialis. Personally, if you know, you're involved with the Greek Rugby League. He's going to have a lot on his plate there this year with the World Cup qualifiers on the go as well. How do you see Canterbury in 2019? A lot of the sides, obviously, are going to be dependent upon players dropping out from the NRL, players coming up from the Jersey Fleet competition, but they've still got the core there. Yeah, well, that's what it comes down to, the core players. You know, it's all injuries and if players get pulled up. If you look at all the grand finalists for the last few years, it's those core players that, that stick together. They don't really get called up. And if you've got a core players and you haven't, you're not using 45 players, you know, you're not you're having one or two NRL guys come here, come there. That's that's the big difference. And for Canterbury, Steve Georgialis is a big loss because he's a great coach. But, you know, he's going up as an assistant coach in the yeah. NRL. And, you know, good luck to him. You know, he's, mm. And now they've got a new guy in Brett Henderson. I don't know how he's going to go. How is he going to get the guys together? We just don't know. It's The good thing about ISP, you don't know to this first week or two how these players, you know, went together. Last year, Canterbury had Lachlan Lewis. He's moved up. Yep. He was, you know, he was a great player. They still managed to... New you know, Browns moved up. Yep. They had a few others move up. They had a, almost a first-grade uh, class side go through that final series. Albert, your thoughts on Canterbury? Well, as you said, players move up and they move on and they move and they, out. And, they, uh, and the coaches moved on as well. Indeed. So you've got Greg Eastwood that's come to Newtown, which we'll come to that about moment. in a second. Reese Martin, who won the grand final for them, goes up and stays yep. up. Lewis goes up and stays up. The cupboard's a little bare, but Canterbury have a knack of unearthing some really good talent. I mean, Lewis was all gone and he was finished. And he said, give me one more shot. And he did, and he's proved himself. So that's the things that Canterbury do well. Their recruitment manager, I think, they're almost coming to terms. I think maybe one of the Hughes boys is going yes. there. So it's going to take another couple of years. Will they be in the top four? Probably. Will they be grand final? I don't think so. They'll probably be top eight. Let's have a look then at last year's runners-up. They are the most popular side, the side that bring the most bums on seats to home games in the Intrast Super Premiership without question, no doubt about that. The Newtown Jets were just alluded to the biggest signing probably of the whole off-season, Greg Eastwood coming across to the Newtown Jets. I'm pleased that Greg Eastwood has found a home of reasonable standard rather than having to go to England or perhaps retire from the game. It's a long shot whether he'll make the Cronulla Sharks from Newtown. He signed on as an ISP player only. It would take a bucket load of injuries for him to play first grade but stranger things have happened and one thing Terry is that a guy of his experience will add a lot to that Newtown engine room up front he will he's a, he's a rugby league international of course he's, he's going to be very popular he's a popular bloke he's going to be popular um, with all the Newtown fans but, but Cronulla last year Shane Flanagan he's gone so it's going to be down to what John Morris does with Shane Flanagan he had his core players and I'll use that word core again and he didn't really move them up and down from Newtown and Newtown had a lot of stability and he showed on the field he didn't have as many injuries because yes. a couple of years before then they had injuries they had a lot of injuries and he showed you know they didn't do as, as well but if Newtown they're just really going to come down to injuries they've got the players they've got the great coach Greg Madison yeah. old man River keeps on he's keeping been there on. for 46 years in Newtown <laughs> I and, he's, know. He's, and I love him you know he's a very lovable guy is this his last year Greg it's up to Greg he's you been know, saying that for the last five, for six, five, seven years, years. You know, he, was, he was going to stand down a few years ago but yeah. he um, he basically said oh, I'm going to keep on going Greg Madison did but nonetheless you know what, what I think is okay is that he um, is that we've got Greg Eastwood Wes Lolo yes don't forget uh, Humar still having a run yep playing at halfback the other day Ben Jones yes so great to see him back great he's, to see been, him. he's been in the wilderness he for a been. long time so I'm really happy that there's been a couple of players that have come back a couple of players that have gone up Cronulla was stable last year they've signed on a couple of good players as well let's not forget they've picked up Johnson yep so you can only have one and, halfback and there'll be fe- and there'll be feedback 
Clearly. Probably go Flanagan, they'll probably will start with Newtown. I would think so, but I wouldn't be surprised if they play him out at 5'8", or Johnson at 5'8", and Flanagan at halfback. I can see that happening. Where do you put Townsend? Oh, I think Townsend might be the one that'll come back or he'll be moved on. Well, you're either going to have Townsend or Flanagan. They're going to have a quality half for Newtown. And it's going to make a big difference. Top four finish, clearly again. Yeah, what about what about the the move to possible Sunday home games due to television commitments? Not all of them, but some of them. Yeah. Maybe it's they've made a real niche out they of Saturday Sunday. afternoon yeah. home yeah. games. Trying to get that inner city nouveau supporter base to move to attend Sunday afternoons at Henson Park is going to be another matter. I think so. However, when we moved it to one o'clock last year, the game against Norths, and we pushed it and we kept saying it's one o'clock, it's one o'clock, it's one o'clock and they came in their droves. Now the issue with one o'clock game is that people want lunch so they don't necessarily want to have a drink. So you've got to have more food stores. So there's, that's an operational issue. The, the, the first Sunday game we've got is Easter Sunday. I think that will affect us a little bit. Moving on to the season, I think it's going to be fine. What about the push from some with agendas in rugby league mm-hmm. to move all these interest Super Premiership games back to NRL home games on game days, lock, stock and barrel and leave clubs like Newtown out in the cold? Okay, that was Shane Richardson's great silver, platinum, gold, bronze league or whatever it was. In essence, the grounds cannot take it. Uh, I think you'll find there'll be a place for three games on uh, on game day, such as when they take it back to Leichhardt Oval, when they take it back to Penrith Park, maybe a couple of three games at Belmore Sports Ground. The SFS, ANZ Stadium, two games only. Correct. So they're going to have to play somewhere. Now, whether that means that more is uh, in the flag, maybe, uh, I don't know, but I believe that you'll find that this year there's seems to be a balance. I've looked at the unofficial draw. There's a lot more ga- on game days at the moment, and I think that's more operational issues, but you've still got North Sydney Oval, Redfern Oval, Henson Park, Belmore Sports Ground, Lickham Oval. What, what more can you have? But you've, got, you've got to be careful here. Now, they're saying, let's go back to two, three games, back to the good old days. I remember the good old days. Absolutely. I was there at 11.50am. Yep. Yep. The under-23s just start. Yep. There was hardly no one there. That's right. Now, that was Correct. People crap saying that oh, I used to go to three games. Ooh. I was there all the time. They only used to come at half-time or reserve grade. Oh, that's exactly okay. right. Now you look at the NRL, there's about a four-hour gap between the game finishes to the NRL. Yep, that's right. You know, And, I, and I've asked the question, they said, okay, so we've got a serious injury or something, which is rubbish. You know, They have a bit of a They had serious on. injuries in a, in, in, in a bygone era. Reserve grade, well. they used to run off. As soon as they're running off, first grade's running on. It was fantastic. But now you're going to have a 45 to one-hour gap. What's the point of having a curtain raise? There's no, no one going to be there. And you can't start going. If you start putting all these NRL built teams, you forget Newtown and North, it's going to become a reserve grade competition. Mm-hmm. It's going to lose that appeal as a, a standalone competition. Let's, let's not the Queensland that, Cup has. Yeah, let's yeah. not forget that, that Queensland have a big say in this. And let's not forget, I think the New South Wales Rugby League have probably gained a lot of strength of late and they're not going to, they're not going to stand for it. So I think you'll find that not much is going to happen in the next five years. I actually think you'll find with the fact that Parra is coming back, they're taking a serious, South now have their own side. The North's East tie-up is pretty good. I, th- I think you'll find those tie-ins, you know, west into the West Tigers as well. So there's a nice mm. branding all the way through. And I think now that you'll find that um, that's sorted, they control a lot of rugby league, these clubs. I don't think I don't think much is going to happen. I, th- I think Henson will be safe. And I think North Sydney, all those, they want, they need to keep it. They, they need it. That is exactly. it. Right, it. right now, more than ever before, yep. they need this tradition. Because a lot of it has been taken away elsewhere. Now, one of the clubs that will be playing 
a lot of their games as backups to NRL first grade on NRL game days is a perennial powerhouse in this competition, the Penrith Panthers. Now, they've won this competition. They've been in national finals before. They got to the finals again last year. They're always strong, Terry. They're going to be there when the whips are cracking again. They will. They will. And again, it's Phil Gould. He wants to. He wants that team. You know, like I said, he calls it the reserve grade team. He wants a good ISP team. Most of their games are played before the NRL game. He wants the players to, you know, feel part of the whole game day. And they've got the players. They've got the juniors coming up, coming through the system. The biggest junior catchman in the country, in the world, in rugby league. Yeah, without question. He's he's been a big proponent. I mean, a few people have said, oh, he's been anti-reserve grade. I, I think he's done more for the second tier comp in the last couple of years since he's been involved with Penrith. And to see where rugby league dropped, we had a great competition. First reserves, thirds. It was great. They stuffed that all up 20 years ago. They sort of kind of... Yeah, let's say it. Super League killed rugby league. And then the last 10 years when we started covering a long time ago, yep. the, well, it was what it was then New South Wales Cup. Yep. No one gave two hoots about it. And now you've got big hitters going, you know what? This is basically... And now we have the case. Last two grand finals, we've got eight, seven different media outlets covering the New South Wales Cup grand final. What does that tell you? Penrith will be there when the whips are cracking. I think they're top four finish. I'm Yet again, grand, I'm the guy I, I, missing I think grand final. Grand final? Grand, grand final. Just going back to what you said that when the New South Wales Cup started, that's true. No one gave it, didn't care about it. All they cared about was that Toyota Cup under 20s. Yes. And, and I remember the grand final, Newtown and Wente, that was a fantastic grand final. But they were just laughing. They said, because it was a, they went on until it 100 went on, It was 109 minutes and yeah. still the longest first and class league this, league match. They had about 13 field goal attempts and they were laughing at it. Mind you, in the other 20s, they went into a um, golden point as on well. The same day, All they were saying is under 20s is the greatest thing since sliced cheese. But it took a few years till they realised he wasn't. Let's have a look at the next team. And it is the side that is not going to be around in this format in 2020. The Wentworthville Magpies feed her into the Parramatta Eels. This is the last year that Wentworthville will be hosting games at Ringrose Park in the Intrust Super Premiership, but they have a point to prove. Under Nathan Kalis, they started slowly last year, mm. almost got into the finals and fell just short. I'll just start off by, look, Wentworthville want a team the ISP. I've really spoken to them. Yep. They want a team. So if it's going to be another club, or whether it's going to be Canberra or Melbourne or someone that wants a feeder club, or they're not happy with our relationship. Manly's finishing off with Blacktown Works this year. If something happens, Happens when we built one an ISP team in 2020. Parramatta decided it was their choice. They wanted to go um, alone. Yep. But when we feel do want a team in 2020 in the ISP. So you never know who they're talking to. And I hope they are. I hope they do come back because they, they are. They're, uh, they've been there. They're a historical club. When yes, absolutely. Talking about 2019, last year, I thought they are going to do well. There was a couple of times there. They got built up by Blacktown Workers early on in the season. Yep. Uh, a lot of players, uh, they lost their halfback early 
on the year and that was it they, they struggled from there and it's, it's the depth they didn't have the depth like they didn't have players to call up on yep. no one got dropped back from Parramatta really no and that's some of these clubs that just cling on to it is it because Parramatta went here or is it just because the coach wants to keep them up there there's players that are not playing in the NRL they're fit to play in the ISP but they don't put them in there I, I don't get it I, I, I agree totally I don't want to lose Wentworthville I think they add something and, and I'll just say this the boys Tony and the boys up there congratulations I think they had a birthday the other day yes uh, and congratulations they do a great job up there just as much as Triple H does at a live 90.5 yeah. and they did win the Ghana the CBAA award we, uh, as the uh, the premier uh, sports program on community radio Australia wide they won that at the CBAA awards last year they're very proud of that Gordon Allen who almost killed himself to get that time slot uh, everyone knows my thoughts on that already look I don't know about Wentworthville they may make the bottom half of the eight a lot's going to depend on how many players drop back but not many will be dropped back particularly now that the relationship has almost yep. deteriorated between Ron Bottle and the Parramatta Club and they're going to be parting ways and there's and when would they want to come into the IS or stay in the ISP in some way shape or form in 2020 well, you know Ron Bottle he's retired he's finally um, he's got yep. the Central Coast seven years old yep. he's been involved great great administrator mm. great official with the Wentworthville Club and not only that but in other sports yep. um, he was man heavily involved with Harness Racing well, New South Wales as Chief Stipendary Deputy Chief Stipendary Steward through thick and thin through some good and bad periods there over the journey and yes it's, it's great very, to see very him very hard for him to be replaced because oh, yeah. those kind of people they only come along every hundred years yeah yeah absolutely I, I hope they go better than the bottom half of the top eight but again it's cattle and at the end of the day Parramatta you know they don't treat and a lot of the NRL clubs whereas you know I suppose when you, you said in our day when it was like that in 70s and 80s they drop them back for one or two games in reserve grade build the confidence then get them going now it's your time boy and they would go well and I mean I remember Craig Young playing reserve grade get him matter Roy Masters put him back in reserve grade and those blokes not only was it good for him but the other guys lifted because yeah. all of a sudden the captain of the club is no better than anyone else and had to go through the, the proper right. process I remember in 82 he reverted back to third grade for yes. about three years Yes, and they dropped Robert Stone yeah, and correct. in reserve grade and he was and he didn't play well he had he wasn't happy no. and um, they dropped him to third grade That's and right. I remember watching Gabby, these players these first grade players running around in third grade you're not good enough you're going to go down these days oh, yeah. and if you remember rightly the late great Robert Stone he was in a game mm. and uh, he got sent off well they, that was that was the catalyst for St George turning that particular season around and he, right. he won games all by himself uh, uh, absolutely and he was a quality enough player to do that look went with Phil for mine bottom half of the eight one more team we can look at before the break we take a break and recharge the batteries you've mentioned them in uh, passing to Liberopolis this is the third year and final year of the original agreement between Manny Warringah and Blacktown Workers to form the Blacktown Workers Circles. It's been a checkered first two years. It didn't start well. Pat Wisner was sacked after eight weeks in a power play, which uh, didn't leave a, a good taste in a lot of people's mouths. 25 players left the club en masse, followed their coach out the door. They've struggled ever since. They haven't made the finals in the first two years. The one thing they do have going for them this year is they finally got their labour $2 million stadium yeah. finished and ready to go for their first match, which will be, at this stage, planned for yeah. round three. Is that against the Warriors? Against the North Sydney Bears. Oh, well, I was close. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and so, so correct. The New Zealand Warriors, sorry, in round three oh, okay, on, on, on March 31. A lot's been invested on that $2 million stadium and that brand new facility, but you need more 
more than just that, you need cattle. And that's something they haven't had a lot of since they sacked Pat Wisner. Well, that, that game, really, that ground is a rugby league ground that they built. It's a fantastic one. I've, oh, yeah. I've had a look at it. It's, it's a great ground. Now, they're not instead of playing Warriors, opening the, the stadium against the Warriors, mm-hmm. they're playing this uh, Navy versus Army game. A couple of um, junior games there. And mind you, on that day... Which is before March 31. Yep. Yes, they're going to be... The, all the Blacktown workers at Rugby League officials, they're going to be at another game on the same time. Yeah. Well, it's, so, a, so, it's a soft opening. Yeah. Well, they should and then it becomes a hard opening. Um, it's yes. like the opening you have without having an opening. But, um, but imagine, imagine that was the official opening against the Warriors. You're going to get a lot of people just to go and have a look at yeah. the ground. Yeah. It would have been... They might have probably got two, three thousand. Correct. Have a look. Now, they've already got the opening. Who knows? They're going to get 500, 600 people. And that's where some of the administration falls down. And without being wanting to be too disrespectful, you know, the Blacktown Workers Seagulls have been racked by this these problems from the time this rushed agreement with Manly finished. And my question is this. This is the third and final year. What happens at the end of this year? Well, Des is the coach of Manly, right? Correct. Okay. They'll sign for another deal. Yeah. Because Des, as we well know, is doesn't but is 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 his area used to be a development area. Yep. It's a recruitment area. And I think that they've gone out to Blacktown and I think they'll stay at Blacktown. If they don't, they'll go to Wenty. Yeah. It'll be one or the other. I, I'll, 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 honestly, I'll you can to. cast it in stone. It'll be Blacktown or Wentworth or next year. Well, the thing is, Manly didn't want to bear the cost, the $750,000 or a million dollars it costs to put a New South Wales Cup team out on the field every year. And Joe Kelly made sure that that was done and dusted. And Blacktown were looking desperately to try and match St Mary's up the road who had linked up with Penrith in those lower grades. That's how this started, but it hasn't really gone well. How are they going to go in 2019? They've missed the finals in both of the first two years of the agreement, and I think they're going to miss out again. They may just finish ninth or 10th. Stephen Hales is a good young coach, but he, and he doesn't have the cattle to work with. And last year, Blacktown Workers became the halfway house for Jackson Hastings, and that was another problem. Yeah, absolutely. But he, uh, you know, he's found another home over in England. It seems to be working well for him. Indeed. All right, then. That's the end of the first section. Changing how time flies and we're having fun. When we come back after the break, we're going to look at the other seven teams, a quick look at the round one draw, and we're going to get our teeth stuck into the issues of the unofficial draw versus the official draw and where the future of the ISP goes, as well as coverage from free-to-air changing days in 2019. You're listening to Splinters, special ISP preview edition on triplehpodcasts.com and Steel Sports. We'll take a break and come back with more on Splinters after this. Jeez, that's another one. Welcome back to Splinters 2, HFM.com.au, 100.1 FM, and stillsports.com. Ah, I've got one. You've got one now. Goodness me, that's you've got to watch those infected ones, the ones with the ants and them are not healthy for your... There's a huntsman floating around you. I can give you the tip. I'll tell you what, and uh, you know what happens when there are ants around. Huntsmen aren't too far behind. Let's have a quick resumption of looking at the Intrust Super Premiership for 2019. We're only a couple of weeks away from kickoff. Let's quickly run through the rest of these 12 sides. Let's start 
start off with the Newcastle Knights, who will have the honour of opening the interest of the Premiership on the 15th of March. That's what the unofficial draw tells us. They've had an up and down uh, existence in, in, in recent years. Uh, they uh, finished last in 2017. Simon Wolford took them into the finals from last, uh, sorry, in 2016. Simon Wolford took them from last into the finals in 2017. And then when he got the job at Warrington after Rick Stone was putted halfway through 18. Oh, sorry, Huddersfield, correct. When uh, Rick Stone got punted from there halfway through 2018, Simon Wolford took off. Rory Cost Jason took over for the back half of the season and they finished out at the finals. Where do we see Newcastle this year? I reckon that they'll, they'll scrape into the top eight. The, the way they've been operating the last two, three years, they always, when they, the players are not playing in the NRL, a lot of them go back and play. A lot of their matches are played as curtain raises to the NRL games. They're all played up there. Right. Cessnock sometimes they sometimes well, use not as many not as many as they as they used to so I think um, you know if those players come back they'll be in the top eight and most of their games LB again will be home games at Hunter Stadium before NRL games yeah I mean I think it's good to create the community up there uh, and they'll have quite a number of three games on on the one day up there at, at Newcastle which is great to see you know I mean you know Newcastle is a rugby league town through and through and and they've done you know they do very well will they come out of the wilderness I've looked at a few of their teams and who they've got and their players. Not a huge amount of change in the cabinet, no. which means that they're sticking. They pick and stick. I'll, get, I'll grant them that. Will they finish any better than where they are? Probably ninth again, maybe eighth. And, and I'd really be saying, I'd even toss a coin just to say whether they'll get there or not. They're on that. They're in that little group around that seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth position. All right, another team which have threatened but have not closed the deal in recent years. They've got the backing of a number of licensed clubs in the Sydney metropolitan area. Area, and they have the link to the Canberra Raiders. We speak of the men out of Aubrey Keach Reserve in the Mount Pritchard Mountains. side that deserves to win a premiership. For the amount of passion that those people bring to the game, and the volunteers that come along, it's Mounties. They did make three grand they finals and, and uh, in 2017 and came up with only one grand final win and fell short. They've come so that, close uh, on so many times. Again, their issue is, is, of course, the cattle from Canberra, which always just there. You know, they're almost like the money ball side, I suppose you could say that. Mm. And unfortunately for Mounties is that they've got a couple of good kids and good contractor players that they've always had. Brothers, and the Kennedy, the, the Kennedys, Kennedy, Kennedy, yes. Kennedys. You know all that, all the, all that sort of that dynasty that they have out there. If they get the right cattle, they're fine because they've got the volunteers and the passion. And you go out there, and it's they say, oh, it's park football, but it's a little more than park football because they're just so passionate. But about because it's played at Aubrey Keach Reserve, which is a nice facility, but it is nothing more than a park. A lot of people want to poo-poo them, but Terry, they are perennial finalists. I can see them making the finals again. They've bailed out early in the final series the last two years uh, since making sorry, the 2016 grand final but I think they want to go one or two steps further this year if they can help it. They'll be, they'll be there. They'll definitely be there at that, uh, in the finals. They're a great rugby league club as um, Albie was saying. They, they love the rugby league there. It's the whole club. It's the whole Sydney Shield. It's the, well they didn't have one. They had the Rom Assey Cup, yep. ISP they had Jersey Flag last year. Yep. It was all one club. You know, It wasn't just you know ISP there. That's it. Players that play well they go up. Mm-hmm. Players that don't play well go down. They mm-hmm. actually work 
close to, together. Sam Williams and has spent a lot of time there and he yeah. wouldn't be getting another crack at first grade if it wasn't for the time he spent at Mounties. They even had Sean Fenson back there for a time. They had they had quite a few good quality players well, back. Rick is not afraid to no, drop the players. he's not. And that's the one thing about it. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, he's a polarising or paradoxically a polarising character. And, and, you know, I've met him on a number of occasions and he can be the most arrogant yet the most charming man you could ever meet. But when it comes to you're not in discipline's way, off you go. And you make, you got to work your way back up. And that's the thing, that's the thing that uh, that, that, that works well. Geez, I hope they get up. They're really I think, I think they're top four. I they're think they'll be back close. in the top four. This I, reckon year. I reckon bottom half of the four, personally. The New Zealand Warriors. Now, there's another side that could have and perhaps should have won an Intrust Super Premiership uh, in their time. They made the finals again last year. They made the second week before they were eliminated in the semi final stage. It's the second year in a row. They got to week two before bailing out. Almost unbeatable at home, whether it's at the main Mount Smart Stadium before NRL games or out the back yeah. in the number two ground. Mount Smart 2. Mount Smart number two, which is the graveyard for any Australian visiting team. They're going to be there and thereabouts again. They changed coach. They went back to Ricky Henry just before kickoff last year. Terry and didn't stop them from making the finals. But again, can they take the next step? I suppose it's the same with their NRL side. Can they take the next step as well? Probably not. I think they're going to make the finals in week one, week two. They're out. Last year they had Mason Lena played a few games and they lost him. He went up. And he was their key, wasn't he? He was their key player James. because, you know, he, he got him going. He got him going. And then once he goes to NRL, you can't stop him. He's, he's been promoted. Good luck to him. And he was always going to get there eventually. Yeah. He's too good a player. And they seem to lose a key player. So either they're playing so well and then they go up because the New Zealand NRL side normally is a mess. You know, they start losing games so they start bringing they up panic and they bring That's players right. Up. And then they lose those core players and there you go. Yeah, pretty much agree with Terry. I don't know whether they'll make the eight. I'd like to think they will. They win all their home games and just they've got heaps of talent and I thought last year was a really good year for them they were a little bit more consistent they used to be a 65 70 minute football side yeah. last year they completed the full 80 and even though they went down in a couple they you know they might have got beaten by two tries they didn't give up and that was what I noticed in a lot of the games I mean they beat Newtown they beat a couple of top tier sides yeah. and then they play a bit of the lower tier sides and they go oh yeah this will be easy and they rock up and they get they get belted because there's that psychological issue yeah. they just got to clean that up and they're fine so I can see them well. They'll make the eight, but again, possibly a week two elimination. All right, let's go back to one of uh, those clubs that uh, we mentioned that are close to yours and my hearts, Albie. Terry, settle down. Okay, just you just settle down for a moment because we all know your hatred of uh, this club from the other side of the Tom Ugly's Bridge. But we talked some George Illawarra, and as we know, under Matt Head, he's come back for another year. He's under perhaps a little bit of pressure, but they started off well, the residual fall, uh, fall over or uh, move over of that Illawarra Cutters victory as national champions back in uh, 2017. They've got a virtually a whole new roster. Tristan Saylor is yeah. there, a famous name who's following in his father's footsteps. He's been earmarked for a long, long time as someone to follow the old man eventually into first grade at the Red and White, which is at least it's not first grade at the Broncos, which is another story. But I'm not sure how far they can go against the likes of the Penriths and perhaps the North Sydneys uh, and uh, and a couple of the others in that top four this year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think Tristan Saylor could make a huge impact. You know, we watched him in Jersey Flick last year and I have to say his skill level is much better than his old man. Isn't he a chip off the old block? Oh, and, and then some, but he's got a great he's got a great turn of foot. I know that's a racing terminology, but he can replay very well and coming out of fullback will be very good. I'm really looking forward to Charlie Runciman, who's had a yeah. first grade experience, understands how to go up and down and not be disappointed by 
that. He's been there and done that. Been there and done that. But the guy that we really must look out for is Adam Clune. Adam Clune yeah. is a great mm-hmm. halfback. He's up and coming, and he's got to fill some holes around the gap. Let's not forget Widdop goes at the end of this year in first grade, and of course he, Dufty's resigned for another two years. But he'll so play first grade. You got. You won't see him back in no, trust. But once Clune moves up, all things could happen. And let's look at also another player, uh, the hooker Ellie Levido. Yeah. Ellie Levido, I thought was a real breakout year for him last year. Yep. And I look, I think he'll even do better. But if you look at some of the flag players as well that they've got, just as good, really impressive young guys that are coming through, and maybe one or two of them will get a bit of opportunity. Uh, probably the back end of the season. But yeah. for now, I can see them finishing again, bottom half of the eight possibly. Yeah. I can't see them challenging the likes of Penrith and Norths for the title at this stage. But s- it depends on injuries and a lot of things. I have to say, no better, no worse than last year. I'd say almost the same seventh, maybe sixth at best. Treading water under Matt Head, the Dragons. Let's have a quick look at uh, the last few sides. Let's start off with the debutants making their first appearance back at this level of the game since they were thrown out in 1999. The South Sydney Rabbitohs, they've finally bitten the bullet and gone their own way. The relationship with North Sydney was not the best in 2018 at times. It got downright uh, uh, ugly at the back end of that season. The Todd Carney issue was just the uh, the catalyst to the, the angst between both sides. Souths have gone their own way now. They're playing their home games at Redfern Oval. The Heffron Park Centre of Excellence is on its way to completion. How can they go, though, on the field, considering that most of these players, when they played for the Bears last year, did struggle? I think it's going to be a different mentality right throughout. Uh, I've got no doubt about that. The fact that they've got Wayne Bennett at the top, and I think that's going to bring enormous certainty. I was uh, A few weeks ago, I was at the John Sapplin and I was fortunate to get a ticket. And we sat up the back because they were the only tickets available. Mm-hmm. And we watched as Rugby League was in action. And we're talking four generations were there on one table. And you know, that's that's what Souths bring. That generational. Those games will have four and five thousand. That will be the early house, doors yeah, at Redford Oval. That yes. will be the house of pain for any club that goes there. Especially if they win early. Exactly. And I think I actually think they're gonna be they're gonna be either fourth or fifth. That's how good I think they're gonna be. I'm not sure about that. I want to see what sort of cattle they can bring back from the NRL side first. One thing to have the emotion, Terry, of Redfern Oval, and they're going to have that in spades. They've got the, their opening game there against Norths on the opening weekend of the season. It's going to be the Channel 9 free-to-air game. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of hype about them coming back to Redfern after 25, 30, whatever number of years it is. The bottom line is their cattle on the field, questionable about making the eight for mine. I, I don't know. I think they might struggle. Um, I'd like to see a lot of people return. They've got passionate fans, but will they go the ISP? That's the key. Maybe the fans. I'll, I'll, I guarantee you the average crowd there. I mean, it holds, what, about 5,000? Yeah. Apparently, oh, that's yes. About 5,000. I'll guarantee you they've got 10 home games there. They'll have an average crowd of 4,000 at each game. And they, and, and they want to get... It's not, there's going to be call. no mythical numbers. It is a big call. Because, because let me tell you, there's a lot of people that don't want to go to ANZ. Yeah. They can't afford to go to ANZ that live around the corner that have been bunny supporters from the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s and well, now. Well, and I'm so. telling you that they're going to rock up to Redfern Oval. This could be... And I mean, I was speaking to Keith McGraw. They seem to think that this could be just that little bit of impetus that has been lacking in the A-grade competition as well. Because some of those players are going to filter back. And then the other... The other uh, Robin, and that's been what Souths have always wanted. They exactly. never wanted players to go back to Asquith. No. They never wanted players to play Ron Massey Cup for Asquith and they were dropped. They wanted them to go back to the Souths A-grade competition and play for the Coogee Dolphins and play for the Redford All Blacks and play for whoever it was, a mascot, whoever it was, whoever it is. And they've now got that opportunity. And I think that that's the true link, isn't it? Mm. I think, I think it's going to be fantastic. Do you know what? If, if calling A-grade players up to this level of the game without something in the... Well, they've got something in the middle, but it's only a loose the 
connection. Imagine who knows? The round can be played there, you know. But if if, if Fleg's not married up with yeah. her, maybe I, I, I think this year what they're going to try and do is, uh, and, and it's a great idea uh, about doing that. I think they're just going to see how it goes. Then next year that you'll find a lot. There'll be a lot of more jigsaws moving around next year. I don't think they can make the eight. I hope I'm wrong, yeah. but it's certainly a platform for them for the future. All right. Speaking of another of those old traditional foundation clubs, we've just mentioned them in passing. They are South's opponents on the opening weekend of the season. The North Sydney Bears, they're now with Wyong Roos pulling out of the competition and going back home to the Central Coast to play the next 35 grand finals in the Central Coast rugby league against the Entrance Tigers <laughs> to be the big fish in the little pond. It's now North's linking up with the Roosters with Chairman Nick Politis, etc, etc. Jason Taylor's been brought back to Bear Park to try and rekindle the memories of the 1990s when he was an influential figure in North's making three of their four preliminary finals under Peter Louie in that era to try and add some of his knowledge, although his last coaching stint did end in tears, quite frankly, at another club. But the link to the defending premiers is going to be their big selling point. They don't get onto North Sydney Oval for the first month of the competition, thanks to the North Sydney Bears' first-grade cricket side on their way to their finals for the first time in 30-plus years. If they can fire up, perhaps the dream Newtown North's grand final that the New South Wales Rugby League have been praying for for the last 20 years, Terry, will materialise and they can get their bumper crowd to a grand final. Oh, that's right. Look, North Sydney, they've, they've signed some good players. Um, Ed, Ed, Ed Murphy's returned, yep. Kieran Moss. Yep. They've, got, they've been out there signing players. Been, if there's any club that's really gone out to sign players, it's been North Sydney. Yep. Now they've linked up with Roosters. Hopefully they should get some of their flag players, hopefully one or two drops back. They'll be there. If, if there's not you know, an injury crisis at the club, they'll be there. I know they're not playing in North Sydney for a month, but they do that every year. They, yep. they know that. And also, Asquith underneath have built up well under Pat Wise, and we're going to discuss that in future episodes of Splinters in the next couple of weeks. And I think the relationship there is going to be a lot better than what it has been. It's been rocky there in recent times, and that's just as important. I think they'll make bottom half of the eight. Not sure whether injuries will allow them to go much further. Grand final. So that you're, so you're, you're, tipping, you're tipping a North Penrith grand final then? Yep. A North Penrith grand. We'll come to that in a moment. Well, yeah. don't worry about you, dear. I, I, I think that... Big call, isn't it? I think that North Sydney and the Roosters have got a big point to prove. Uh, I believe that Jason Taylor, I've always admired him as a coach. And I know a lot of people, again, one of those great halfbacks, passionate little people yep. they are, small world, could say. But they, he, I think he'll bring the best out. He provides an incredible link between the Roosters and North Sydney. He knows the structures of the Roosters. He knows what Trent Robinson wants. He's going to have the added bonus of Aidan O'Brien as yep. well from the Storm. As you've said, and as I know, North Sydney have for the first time opened up that massive purse strings that they've got and there is cash flowed everywhere and they're signing I won't say the highest quality but they're, just, they're good quality and I think they're going to get a ISP good quality. ISP quality and I think they've got some good journeymen there as well What? and I think the fact that Asquith is that feeder and I you know, I love Asquith go back with Paulie Pollard in those days Mark mm. who congratulations him got life member the other day absolutely but it's a different looking Asquith now we're going to discuss that under Pat Weiss and Dave yeah. he's had a full off season and he's got oh. I want to talk about men with a point to prove he won't admit it but after his sacking at Blacktown he's still has a point to prove there. I think they can make bottom half of the eight. Last team to look at, the men in black and white mm. who've got a couple of...
The Western Suburbs Magpies. Okay. And they've got two big Lidcombe Oval games in the offing in 2019, such was the success of the West Newtown game last year, the Tommy Radonikas Cup. They were there and thereabouts in that top four early on under Brett Hodgson, the prodigal son that returned home. But injuries really killed the second half That's of their amazing. season yeah. and they leaped into the finals, Terry. Look, I'm really excited about Western Suburbs. Um, well, I'm excited with all the uh, foundation clubs. Now, talking about those two Lidcombe games, there's also talk Pratt and Park game as well. Yes. Which would, that would be fantastic going back there. To Pratt and Park. I've yes. last, probably well, last time I was there was with a famous Sydney Olympic <laughs> riot. <laughs> you, were there, you were there carrying one of your... You no, were, that was my uncle. Carrying, carrying... My uncle's carrying. That SBS uh, uh, case of gear uh, and throwing no, it at someone. You didn't hear that. Yes. Cut that out. Cut yeah. that out. You didn't hear that. I do remember going back and seeing West play... Uh, the 1985. 1985 was the last time they, they played, played a few games at Lee Crooks. Yes. Lee Crooks was introduced yeah. to the crowd yes. on, um, during that day. But Western Suburbs last year were doing well at the start. Josh Drinkwater, he was um, yes. he was leading the side. And when he went down injured, that was the beginning no, of the he, end. He went, he went over oh, to England. Sorry, when he went to he England, went to England, England. England. sorry. He, went, he, he got injured and then went to England. Took yes. the Catalans to the took Challenge, to the Challenge Cup, Cup and they won it. To, to victory in the Challenge Cup final, yes. But that was the beginning of the end for West It was, because he controlled everything. Yeah, He was a quality player that just depended on one player. But I think they've learned the lessons. And I think, and Western Suburbs are a proud club. Yep. Yep. And look, two Lidcombe days, Lidcombe over those, that's going to be fantastic. And a Pratt and Park day, possibly. That would, I mean, that's going to be fantastic for them. They should be playing a few more. The last year they played, the one in Newtown at, uh, at... Highest rating game all year. Correct. That was one of the best games I've seen. Just the atmosphere for... It was a great game because yeah, Newtown, Newtown came Newtown back with the field goal. goal. That's yeah. right. The field goal. After being done and dusted. It was just a great day. And I remember Albie walking around. I was holding his camera there because he was interviewing Graham O'Grady and all these players and I was talking to all these mm. old players and they loved it the fans loved it and I, I'm just I can't wait for that and Wes Wes will be there um, unless they I, th- the I think they'll scrape into the top four if they can keep their top 17 on the field let's not forget the big thing that Wes have got is the influence of Michael Maguire yeah. he's been humbled a little bit more than what he was I mean he's a very hard guy and he expects perfection and that's come out of the Craig Bellamy system as well he was a part of Canberra too he, he, played, he was right. down that way so he knows how to win under Matt Elliott and, and they and they I can tell you right now they are very happy with him he's been uh, all I can tell you is that every piece of uh, negotiation that they've had completely honourable Maguire's got a point to prove too, he's got a point to prove so that's going to filter through the club it may take a few weeks for West to kick but when they do when they do I think you'll find top four and I mean you know I love them both you know Newtown West I like the North I love to see South Penrith I'm going to go out on the limb here I think that North will be in the grand final you've mentioned Penrith North yeah my feeling however is I think David Trotton's going to be just so excited because I think it'll be Newtown North. I'm really, I've got this sense that it's going to happen. If it's not Newtown, it's Penrith. Well, it's either Penrith North or Newtown North's grand final for Albie. For you, Terry? Well, I hope it's going to be the, between the three, Norths, North West and Newtown. Yeah, that that's would be what, Well, that's what I want to see. Yeah. I, I think Everybody be, wants to see I'm that. thinking a Penrith Newtown grand final myself. All right, round one. This is the other thing. Time's on the wing. We've got a little bit of time left, but time's on the wing. The, the draw has not been released officially as this episode of Splinters has been released. New South Wales Rugby League, hello, are you listening? Hello, but there is an unofficial draw that's out. Let me tell you what the unofficial draw states. Friday, March 15, Newcastle versus Newtown, we believe will host the kickoff of the Intra Super Premiership at Hunter Stadium at 3.45 before an NRL game. We understand that Mounties will play St George Illawarra on Friday night, the 15th of March at Aubrey Keats 
Reserve at 7 o'clock as a standalone Friday night fixture. We understand the New Zealand Warriors will host Canterbury at Mount Smart Stadium as a Fox Sports game Saturday afternoon, 12.50 Sydney time before NRL. West's hosting Blacktown Workers Seagulls at Leichhardt Oval Saturday afternoon, March 16, 3.15 kickoff again before an NRL game. Sunday, March 17, Souths versus Norths at Redfern Oval, 5 past 1, Channel 9 game. And then Sunday afternoon, March 17, to complete the opening round, Penrith versus Wentworth Phillip Panthers Stadium at 1.50 before an NRL game. A couple of features. One, a bucket load of buys again to stretch this competition, a 22-week competition out into 26 weeks. Two, the move from Channel 9 to go to Sunday afternoon televising of ISP to create this seven-hour marathon of talk fest and league between the footy show, as it's now called, from 11 o'clock till 1, ISP from 1 till uh, 3, more talk, NRL preview at 3, NRL live at 4 o'clock. That's the plan for Channel 9. Netball is apparently going to be shunted to Saturdays and possibly the channel stop, sorry, go at this stage. Few people have their noses out of joint about Sunday afternoon coverage because they were used to their Saturdays, but this just falls into line, Terry, with what they've done with the Queensland Cup successfully for the last five years. But you've got to also remember, last year we had two ISP games almost at the same time. Yeah. You, know, you had to sit there flicking over both games. At least now here's Sunday. I reckon they're going to get more viewers on the Sunday because Saturday you've also got junior sport as well on Saturday. On Sundays, you can sit there. A lot of people sit there and just enjoy the rugby league, sit there on Channel 9, and I think ISP will get more coverage. I don't know how it's going to work with Newtown. It's That's the flip side. Saturday, Clubs that have built Saturday afternoon If you've got one or two Sunday, Sunday games, it I, might work. I think Newtown, from what I've been told, unofficially, of course, because everything's unofficial, is... <laughs> until three days before, until, three days before. Ma- until March 12th. Uh, Newtown have two Sunday games. So I think, you know what, well, we can live with two Sunday yeah, games. Two, two and I think you'll find most clubs have two to three Sunday games. And if that's the case, they're spreading it around, and they are going to be some of them standalone as well. The beautiful thing about it is that it's a lunchtime start, and it's an afternoon finish. So there's still plenty of family time as well at the back ends. Uh, the businesses around will benefit. Those that think the pubs will still benefit. So I think there's still a lot that can be done there. We'll see how it goes. And I mean, the Q Cup did it, or the Interest Cup up in Queensland did it, and I think they did it to great effect up there on Channel 9. That's what they're doing down here. And I think what it does... It's going to take five years to get for people to get used to it. Probably. But what, it, that, what it's going to do is, is, is for the rugby league purist who does not want to get off his couch on a Sunday afternoon, he ain't moving. Well, that's, He's not moving. that's the plan. I guarantee there'll be a lot of divorce lawyers. Last thing, the magic round is back this year, and it's going to be split. It's not going to be yet... Uh, uh, again, it's the same weekend as the NRL Magic Round. So how many people are going to get off their couches away from the NRL to watch three games at Penrith Stadium on Saturday, May 18, and three games at Henson Park on Sunday, May 19, mm. remains to be seen. I think the jury is out. It's Panther Stadium, a good venue for you know the Magic Weekend. Maybe Lincoln Mobile or something. Yes. Could have been a... or, no, or back to North Sydney. Well, this was... know, listen, the problem that they've got, and I think what, what they should do, I've had a discussion previously about this is that the only way this will work on a magic weekend is if you have the western conference and the traditional conference and i'm not being rude to any of the other sides mm. but if you can somehow set it up to have west newtown north and south at one game and then you have mount east penrith wenty uh, you know uh, 
across from Blacktown, Blacktown throwing New Zealand, whatever, on that. Canterbury, right? New Zealand. You know, yeah. And then you can have maybe the northern. You know, you could structure it that way. Still have three in there. Maybe just drop one there, drop one there. I'm t- they would get thousands through the gate because there's that, that there's that you know, uh, western suburbs rivalry and there's that traditional rivalry. And they honestly, and I, and I kid you not, you've been looking at thousands upon thousands of people through the gate. But it is, it is what it is and we have to live with what we've got. And we have to play with the cards we've dealt with. And speaking of the cards that we've dealt with, the cards are dealing us and telling us that we're just about out of time. Terry Liberopoulos, don't forget, Rugby League Review is out and all good news agencies and a lot of bad ones owned by Greeks across the way as well. You can subscribe. Go to rugbyleagueReview.com, the website, for more details. We'll catch up with you for the next couple of episodes talking Ron Massey Cup and Sydney Shield over the next couple of weeks. Thanks for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, pleasure's on mine. Albie Tallarico, Lordship of the Papal Lands. Good luck with Newtown and with Steel Sports. We're going to be working together, I'm sure, throughout 2019. Can't wait. It's only a couple of weeks away. It's unbelievable that we're on the eve of the season starting. Can't wait. Can't wait for that first whistle and for the greatest game of all. Indeed. And so for Albie Tallarico and Terry Liberopoulos, thanks for your company on Triple H, Steel Sports and Podcast.com. That's it for another episode of Splinters. Oh,